Welcome to the Best Science Medicine Podcast, BS without the BS. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 540th episode of the Best Science Medicine Podcast. My name is James McCormack, and I'm a professor with the Faculty of Pharmaceutical Sciences at the University of British Columbia. I'm Mike Allen. I'm a family doctor and the director of practice support at the College of Family Physicians of Canada. I'm also an adjunct professor at the University of Alberta. And today we have with us a guest all the way from Ontario, James. You might not know Ontario. It's one of the more populated provinces in Canada. Oh, I thought it was, Jennifer, one, of, I, I thought it was one of the states. It is. Oh, okay. It is. Yeah. Also that. It's actually got dual citizenship. Nice. Jennifer, right. over to you. <laughs> right, right. And James was going to have me answer the question as whether it's further to Vancouver or by bus. And I was stumped on that question. Yes. So I'll leave that to you. Yeah, so we'll do, we'll do easier about. questions. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just let them know who I'm, you are. Uh, Great. I'm Jennifer Young. I'm a comprehensive family doctor who works in Collingwood, Ontario. I, it's a smallish town. I am a, a, a physician advisor as well for the College of Family Physicians of Canada, uh, working in the program practice support, so the knowledge expert and tools part, and have uh, worked in leadership positions over the years. Excellent. And I think you've been involved with many of the uh, UTI uh, tools of practice that, that have been done in the last little while. There's been, you know, we've looked at, uh, you know, how do you diagnose it? What happens if you treat? Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones, Mike. What are the other ones? Uh, uh... Uh, we didn't do any of those, James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did the, we did the, di well, Tina started most recently yeah. with the um, preventing recurrent. Oh, recurrent. Then yes. we did the diagnosis of UTIs. Then what happens? Does it actually need treatment? Because exactly. there was a question yeah. about that. Then we did some asymptomatic bacteria just to compare the differences between the stark differences between asymptomatic bacteria in the elderly and a young woman with um, symptoms of a bladder infection because yeah. they're. I, it, uh, Jennifer and I are working on a paper called The Tale of Two Bladders, and there it is quite a different story. Yeah. But Jennifer also looked at the kind of final piece in treatment. We discovered whether treatment was important, and yes, it is. So mm -hmm. Jennifer answered the next question, which is... Is there a preferred treatment treat regimen? Yeah. Yeah, what's your preferred treatment? So Jennifer, why don't you take us through um, what you found as far as the evidence goes? Right. We looked at systematic reviews, as we always do with Tools for Practice, and uh, and there were uh, several Cochrane reviews looking at the question of both which, medic which medications and how long. And uh, to start with the which medications, they we found that there were no differences between the usual suspects. So nitrofurantoin, trimethoprim, sulfamethoxazole, the beta-lactams, uh, fluoroquinolones, and phosphomycin. So those are the ones that are in most guidelines in most of our bugs and drugs and and the, the antibiotic guidelines that are used in up-to-date, our usual sources. Yeah. And, and I would also add, I was going to also add, those are the ones that we've been using for, well, not all of them, but for decades. It like, was surprising know, how old the research was yeah. that we were looking at, the studies that are looking at this, indeed, age-old problem. We, the, it's, it's not a new problem, and the drugs we're using are not new drugs. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's a, like, well, I think phosphomycin, but nitrofurantoin and uh, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole and, and beta-lactams were all around when I started practicing, so that, yeah. that tells you yeah, something. Yeah, for sure. 
They, back sure. way before I started practicing. Yeah, well, so, yeah, the sulfur drugs have been around for a really long, like they were yeah. the first real antibiotic yeah. that were used in uh, wars and conflict and stuff a long time ago. But James, I, I'm surprised you didn't key in on the fact that Jennifer said that they're all equally effective when we know that fosomycin is more expensive. Well, yeah, well, and, and by definition, <laughs> yeah, and I think you're right. By definition, more expensive means better better but better but but but, we, but better for who is the question indeed indeed yeah. and it was nice to see that mm-hmm. these uh, that the good old the good old good olds are still good and old um or old and good yeah. something like all of us mm-hmm. on this podcast oh that's somewhat um, hurtful yeah I'm well, right. well, older than you are when my geriatrician talks to me later today, I'll get over it by then because yeah. I will have forgotten. <laughs> right. So yeah. So so, that, uh, so we've got so we're looking at uh, similarity now. Would interestingly, we they were looking at symptom resolution versus bacterial eradication, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say just right out that I don't really care about bacterial eradication if oh. my symptoms are gone. Yeah, a little bit of heresy there, but yeah, but I know. But you're a so doctor. what? What matters is how I feel, not what is cultured in my urine. Yeah, and and, and we and we very rarely we very rarely recommend that you repeat cultures anyway. So you're not going to pick it up in regular practice. Right, right. And so when we looked at this evidence, the 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 difference in clinical resolution was the same between the different antibiotic types. The, there were some slight difference in bacterial eradication at two weeks, but by four weeks, there was no difference. And I would just say, again, I don't really care yeah. because it doesn't relate to patient outcomes. Yeah. And you're looking and at about maybe a, what, a 10 to 15% difference in, in bacterial eradication at two weeks. But if it's no difference at four to eight, eight weeks and no difference in symptoms, like you're exactly right, who cares? Or outcomes, yeah. outcomes of uh, pyelonephritis or yeah. sepsis. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, then the other thing that they looked at was adverse events, and um, there is some difference between the different antibiotics. And and uh, so just to read from the tool for practice, nitrofurantoin rash is 02 percent, fluoroquinolones point one percent, whereas the uh, the sulfa-based drugs two point six and the beta lactams six percent. So there were some some differences between the the adverse events. So mostly rash reported. Um, oh, so that's kind of the simple answer to what do I pick? And yeah. I would sort of suggest pick what's, what is, is least expensive. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a good point. And, and also which ones have been around for the longest. And, and I think you're right though, the, uh, and I, for any, any of you got anyone who's obviously ever used sulfur drugs and beta lactams, you know, the incidence of, you know, rash with that is, is, in fact, I would suggest it's a little bit higher than that, depending on what studies you look at. But it's going to be somewhere around the five to ten percent range, probably. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons that you know, and we do have to worry about the you know the severe allergic reactions that can occur with those two medications, which I don't think you see with something like nitrofurantoin, and I don't think it's it's even less com- uh, it's similarly less common with the fluoroquinolones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of like there's the pulmonary toxicity rare mm-hmm. with with the nitrofurantoin yeah. uh that's that is a really rare mm-hmm. and it also is not recommended with uh, with renal dysfunction so right. those are 
there is a cautionary sign on that one. Um, and then the other the other part of things, and I shouldn't be so glib as to say pick the cheapest one. It is it is also related to your local resistance patterns, right. and uh, I would recommend that everybody access the antibiograms of their area. If you are just a Google antibiogram for your area, whatever that may be, you might even find your local hospital antibiogram that can that's that's very useful in terms of telling you the sensitivities for the bugs and the usual drugs. Yeah, no, for sure. But it's always very tricky because what 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 at what level of resistance do you stop using something? That we were not going to get into that today, but that's a it I, I did ID at St. Paul's for about 15, 17 years, and there was never a good answer for that. It was only... Oh, it's tw 21.43, James. Well, I know that, but that's not a very good answer. <laughs> oh, you wanted a good answer. Yeah, I wanted a good answer. Yeah, and, 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 and you guys know as well as I do, it's, if, if it's a very, 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 very severe infection, you don't want to worry about resistance. But, you know, with a, right. a UTI, you know, even if it was 10 or 20% resistance... One, it still may work because you're treating the bladder infection and you get concentrations way higher than you would almost anywhere else in the body mm -hmm. uh, and so on. But um, yeah, so it seems like it doesn't matter what antibiotic you use for urinary tract infections. And that's been the, that's been sort of what we've been saying for probably decades with with that process. Yeah, but James, you, you did say, and, I, and I, I haven't emphasized this either, that is uncomplicated UTIs, which are bladder infections, right. cystitis, the not in your kidney infections. Yeah. The, um, when you are in your kidney, nitrofurantoin doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't have tissue penetration. Yeah. Uh, but the other ones can be used. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. So the, so it doesn't matter what we use. So one of the key issues then, I guess, is is how long do you use it for? And you guys looked at that as well. Yeah. The The... Challenges with this evidence is that there's not tons of head-to-head -head comparisons. We ended up having to go to a network meta-analysis, and without going into that statistical detail, you look at direct and indirect within those network meta-analysis, and a direct comparisons were, were, there weren't many of them, where you are truly looking at a bunch of people who have been on five days of, I'm going to take nitrofurantoin because we've been talking about it, five days of nitrofurantoin versus three days of nitrofurantoin. There aren't, there were not high quality studies in particular on that one. Uh, that's That was emphasized in this network meta-analysis that there is some low quality evidence to say that three days is okay mm -hmm. for nitrofurantoin, but that they weren't ready to say it is good enough evidence to change recommendations to that. So five days is the metro is the nitrofurantoin answer. And for the others, and that includes beta-lactams, fluoroquinolones, cephalosporins, sulfonamides, and then uh, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole. Uh, they've got to change that name, you know. It, it it's 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 too difficult. Um, anyway, it's, 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 it's one of the few ones where it's one of the few ones where you go. It's okay to use a brand name. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Bactrim or Scepter or whatever, oh, because yeah, because anyway, here's what's yeah. weird: because those brand names are now they almost feel generic. They yeah, do. they do for yeah. sure. But yeah. I just say Salfa because. Uh, 
yeah, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard us butcher the names of medications. And even though this is old, yeah, yeah, it just, it's not pretty. No one wants to oh. hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I get it. Once you start the first part of that long word, yeah. you're like, come on, get off. Oh, I wonder what she's going to say this time. Yeah. Anyway, okay. The, um, the, so the others were looking at uh, three days versus five or 10 and found them that, that the three days were just as good uh, for symptom resolution and with bacterial eradication suggestion that three was actually better than five. So again, I'm not going to make too much out of the bacterial eradication part. It's the symptom resolution that we care about, and it was the same with three, or better rather. Uh, are there no difference? I'm sorry, three versus five days. So go for three. Yeah, no, exactly. And that um, there was a little uh, the, a little addendum around uh, fluoroquinolones, and I know for a while we were being marketed with the one day ciprofloxacin as being effective, and uh, and this uh, network meta analysis did not support that as being equally effective uh, to the three day. There were some fluoroquinolones studied that were thir so-called third or fourth generation fluoroquinolones. And I, you know, to be honest, I had to look up what ones those would be because I actually haven't, hadn't heard that term much before. Um, and um, the ones that were studied in this network meta-analysis uh, are not available in Canada. So, so for all intents and purposes, the three days is, three days is the ciprofloxacin dose duration that came out of this. Yeah. And I know you guys didn't look at the dose of the medication, uh, but I know, so here's a little tip or trick I think that you can use for, uh, you know, if you are going to go with something, say like ciprofloxacin, which I don't think we're suggesting that that be your drug of choice, Definitely but not. Nope. you can, you can, a uh, uh, hundred milligrams is, is just as good as using the, the 250 or the 500 and you can get, a, you can get away with uh, either, you know, one or two of the 500 milligram tablets and break them into quarters and it can sometimes yeah. be less for, expensive. For plain old cystitis, you mean? Yeah, for yeah. cystitis, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are studies of a hundred milligrams, uh, I think either once or twice a day, I can't remember, but you can use, uh, you know, that sort of a dose and split the tablets. And I think you can also, uh, uh, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, you can also use trimethoprim on its own. The problem with, you know, if you don't want the sulfur, uh, component to it, but we have so many other alternatives. It's probably not necessary. And trimethoprim on its own is quite a bit more expensive, un interestingly. Mm. So it really doesn't play a role uh, for uh, in in the, in the drugs that we would be using. Right. So, so James, you, just back to the nitrofurantoin, you yeah. had wanted to address that a little bit because well, you well, yeah, it's just to give yeah. shorter duration of things. Yeah, and and you know, if you read most. Uh, guidelines and so on. It'll say you should be using five days. And all I could find, I found a very old study showing that three days was as good as 10 days. And I think, you know, again, it's not definitive evidence and it wasn't a, a really well-designed trial. And the problem is, is we're probably never going to get another uh, study that will actually look at three days versus five days versus 10 days. But I think, and, and Jennifer, we were talking about this prior to the podcast, it probably doesn't make that much of a difference because people will probably stop them anyway once they start to feel better. So the duration is very arbitrary, if you would. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And I think it's that it's because they know they want to have a couple on hand for the next one that comes. Oh yeah, and no, for happens, sure. Yeah. It happens on Saturday night. They just want to have pill in the pocket. Yeah, and and that, and I think that's an appropriate thing thing to do. And you know, you can. Uh, and I know you guys again didn't address this. There are studies of you know, single dose uh, antibiotics, I've seen like uh, free double strength Bactrim as a, as a treatment and also a uh, single dose of fluoroquinolones. And, but it's not, it's not uh, as popular, I think, because I think, um, you know, when you give it to people, it does sometimes take 48 hours before the symptoms go away and, and they might feel, well, I'm still symptomatic yet I have no more antibiotics. So I think the most common duration is three days. And I think you can go with that with most of these medications. Now there's only one that's a single dose, right? That's de definitively single dose. Right. And phosphomycin is, that's all of the studies are yeah. a one day, one day treatment. Um, and, and that's, I guess, one of the advantages of it, uh, or although it, it does, and we'll talk about the context of it, it is a little bit more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you put all this together, what would, what would you, uh, what sort of context would you talk about? Yeah, we, we uh, back to our diagnosis, mm -hmm. the, the woman with the UTI knows she's got one. And that is, has been shown in studies that we look at, and I won't repeat too much of that duration that or the, the diagnosis podcast, but we know that 60% at least of women who present with a with symptoms of uh, cystitis actually have one and will get and will get better on antibiotics mm -hmm. and one could argue that that's enough of a threshold just to have them call you and say i've got one and you just ask what their allergies are and send the prescription to the pharmacy saving them a visit and you a number of minutes in your office so that's, uh, that's one of the context pieces that I'm just going to reiterate from our previous podcast. And then um, the, other, the other part that we had talked about really was, I already made allusions to it, and those are the, the erratic bacterial eradication doesn't really matter when, the, when indeed symptoms are the things that are key. And um, that the, the resistance patterns are found in your, uh, in your local antibiograms if you wanted to go and uh, look to see if you're finding pretty consistent lack of effect of one medication in your UTI patients, that you, you might discover that there is a local resistance pattern. Excellent. So, and Jennifer, you, you provided the cost of the medicines yeah, here. And yeah, um, sure. nitrofurantoin uh, for five days was $21. Fosomycin for one day is $33. I, I would hazard to guess that given relative equivalency, many people would pick fosomycin. And this is where it becomes challenge. Should we should we offer that knowing that we don't want to promote resistance and so choose some kind of you know old mm -hmm. standbys like trimethoprim, which is for three days is um the sulfa drug, which for three days is fourteen dollars. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is always a debate for me. And James being the king of shared informed decision making james what what are your thoughts first off on you know when when there is this small difference in price uh for that kind of convenience but yeah but it, it is tricky isn't it because you know it, it uh when it gets to shared decision making there, there there are caveats as you as both of you guys know very well what what happens if a shared decision may impact other people 
you know, we've seen well, this, that's right? what this is about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've seen it, you know, we saw it with COVID and vaccines and any sort of viral infections and all that sort of stuff. And this one kind of, for lack of a better way, tickles around the edge of that as well. Because, you yeah, know, you that's d- the that's the issue. And I, I like I don't I bring it up because I don't have an answer, but I'm hoping one of you will fall on your sword and, uh, you know, make me look good. <laughs> well, it, I, I'm not going to fall any, on any sword and, and it's not going to make you look good anyway. Um, <laughs> but no, I, that's I, an uphill climb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would I would say, you know, that maybe the discussion could be something like, you know, w- this is a newer one and we generally like to reserve them for when you might not get better with one of the older ones. And we yeah, don't, that would be my approach. you know, that sort of approach. Or you could say, you know, if you're that, if you really need a single day treatment, we do have evidence that you can use uh, uh, the quinolones and uh, the trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole as single doses. So we could try that if you really wanted to do that approach. I think, I mean, I can't think of anything else that I would be able to suggest. Yeah, I, I probably would stick to the standard therapy dose durations mm-hmm. rather, but I would yeah. push them towards, well, I did do that in my practice all the time. My two, my two main drugs were nitroferrin, toan, and uh, sulfa, and then mm-hmm. followed by Cipro if I was waffling about them for some reason. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just I try and save the meaty antibiotics uh, for when I need it, James. Oh, yeah, no. I need them. It's it's ceftriaxone then, buddy. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no, I'm surprised you just don't go with imipenem. Yeah, well, it's a a cocktail. It's like when I have something terrible like a a conjunctivitis. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just sit in a vat of imipenem. (laughs) <laughs> no but you're absolutely right it's a good point to make to patients too that if they did wonder about the one day because a lot of them are getting it that why you're kind of not avoiding is not the right word but why you're encouraging the use of another one is because yeah. we want to make sure they're there for you and for everyone else when we really need it yeah and the difference of like taking a pill you know yeah. Honestly, five days, it's not a huge deal. Yeah. And even, and even, you know, and these are not, we're not suggesting, you know, like in the past where, you know, whenever you got antibiotics, you'd had to take them at, you know, three, three to four times a day and, and set your clock at eight hours and six hours. Oh, we, goodness. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, and the, actually the evidence is quite clear that there isn't any difference in uh, adherence, if you will, between once a day and twice a day. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then that, you yeah. know, and then you can argue. Well, if you miss one day, then you're kind of screwed. But if it was only one day in the first place, then you know. Anyway, it's 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 it's, it's those are all nuances that it's. Isn't it basically why we have healthcare professionals to deal with the nuances? Because otherwise, Chat GPT would just tell us exactly what to do. Yeah, and the podcast, Jennifer. Why don't you wrap up the bottom line for us on the um, what the, the kind of final results of the tools for practices oh we should mention that this was written by two other people one who will remain anonymous but betsy um thomas was in on this and she has been a regular collaborator on the uti podcast series mm-hmm. or yeah, sorry, not podcast absolutely. but tfp series mm-hmm. yeah she 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 and i are going to be presenting at fmf on all things uti with you so it'll be the uh, the three of us the triumvirate going up yes. there to talk about pee 
Nice. The <laughs> <laughs> nice is right, James. Three nice. for P. Okay. Yeah. So the bottom line was that basically for symptom resolution, all antibiotics are similar and treatment durations are three days for most of the ones we usually use and five days for nitrofurantoin with reserving phosphomycin for that, for that one that keeps coming back uh, one day. And then, and use your antibiograms. Um, it's surprising. People often think that ciprofloxacin is like, okay, that's one's going to work. It's quite surprising the resistance yeah. patterns that you see for mm -hmm. cipro. And yeah. I think that's that's the reflection of, of its overuse for other things like our respiratory infections and, and um, GI infections. So I think we, we, we do... Cipro is not as good as it used to be because we're using it too much for the wrong indications. I remember that turning point. I remember when it was better than other drugs. And then I remember that I was speaking on it and had the resident look it up because we were waffling. And sure enough, it's pretty much, it was for kind of a UTI type picture. And it's pretty much the exact same as the sulfa. Yeah. Yeah. So, so old is good, right, guys? I'm sure it's good yes yeah that sounds good um so any uh anything else on that because if not um you know uh just to let everyone know that uh we have our annual uh, uh conference happening in vancouver in uh on may 12th and may 13th and you should hopefully be listening to this before that happens it's uh we've sold out in regards to live spots but as you, we also we're also doing live streaming. So as many people as we can get on, we can we'd be happy to have you attend to that. So that's May 12 and May 13. You can you go find information about Hec at Hectalks H E C T A L K S dot com. Uh, anything for you, for you, Mike? Nope, that's all good, James. Thanks. Okay, so I think we'll uh, leave it at that. So thanks as always for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>